Welcome, and thank you for joining us for Heart for Iran's webinar series, where each month we speak with one of our partners who has the same passion and Heart for Iran as we do. Coming up, we have Mats Tunhag, Chairman of Business as Missions, a global movement seeking to bring lasting societal transformation. He will be discussing how we can make disciples through business and see communities transformed by the power of God. Welcome to today's Harfrey Free Ron webinar. My name is David, and it's a pleasure to be here today with you. We are broadcasting today off of a Zoom webinar platform, so there's a lot of you that are here in the Zoom webinar with us, and you're going to be able to interact with us and give us your questions and feedback. Also, we're broadcasting uh, live on Facebook right now, and then, of course, we're going to be archiving this later, putting it up on YouTube, on the website, and things like that for uh, you to send to others that maybe have missed this one. Um, also, we have now the audio platform as a podcast, so you can just listen to this uh, for your convenience. So a lot of great ways to listen to us and be a part of us. But today, we're really excited to be here. My name is David Hartfree Ron, a group of more than 100 ministries focused on reaching the people of Iran, bringing the gospel in there, and also lifting up our partners and people that we uh, work with together to bring ministry ideas and new um, avenues for reaching people inside of Iran. We're working with great ministries all over the world, and it's a pleasure to kind of introduce those to you guys here today on our webinar. So today we've got a really cool topic, um, business as missions. The webinar name is Mission Impact. God's redemptive work through business in the world. So a lot of you guys are business leaders, businessmen working in business. How does that have a play in uh, missions and what's going on around the world with this new idea, newer idea, business as missions? And so we're going to jump into that topic today. So as normal uh, with me, we have my co-host, Mike. Uh, excited to be here with him and our guest, Mats, who uh, is going to be introduced by Mike. So, Mike, welcome and uh, good to be with you again today. Uh, hi, David, and hi to so everybody who's watching us. Thank you for joining Heart for Iran monthly webinar series. We've been with you guys since the beginning of the pandemic a year ago, and we are just going strong because we have been blessed to have partners like our guest today, Mats Thunhag. Um, we would like to also uh, thank you guys for joining us in, uh, last month when we had uh, our brother, Dr. David Garrison, talking about um, uh, how to reach the Muslim next door. That webinar is on heartforiran.com and it's also available as podcast. Be sure to take a look at it. And I wanted to let you know that next month also we are featuring Todd Nettleton by popular request. Our brother from Voice of Martyrs is, is back to share with us uh, about the book that he has written. Uh, that would be happening at the end of May. More information will be sent to you guys and we'll stay tuned. But today we want to go ahead and talk about uh, the, the mission impact of business as mission. Now, uh, when we talk about business, um, uh, it's quite often uh, observed in, in various uh, cultures or people group where it's a taboo to talk about ministry and business at the same time in the same conversation because many cultures may look down and frown upon business as being an ungodly thing but today we're here to go ahead and piss, uh, rest uh, that notion aside and uh, provide to you guys why um, mission is an important uh, business is an important part of the Great Commission and I uh, want to let you know that Jesus started his ministry in the marketplace 
And uh, there was a reason for Jesus to start the ministry in marketplace. There's a reason that he went to the doctor, Luke. There's a reason he went to a tax collector, Matthew. And, and there, is, there is a reason, a, a kingdom strategic reason, why the Great Commission can be accomplished. Not only through a, a, a mono approach of just the ministry aspect, but there has to be a business implementation into the strategy of the kingdom. And that is something that usually is misunderstood, is not talked about that much, but yet we're seeing the result and impact happening. So today, that brings me to uh, introduce to you one of the experts in, in the field of business as mission, which we are going to be referring to it as BAM. So when throughout this event we call, uh, we talk about BAM, we're talking about business as mission. Before I introduce our guest, this program is live. We are inviting you to share your questions, your thoughts, anything at all in your chat, in the, whatever platform you have joined us. Those questions will be asked from our uh, guest mods throughout the program, this one hour that we are going to be with you guys. So it is, it's a great honor and pleasure for me to introduce Mats Thunhag. He's, he's a speaker, writer, and a consultant from Sweden and has worked in more than half of the countries of the world. For over 20 years, he has had a special focus on developing the business as mission, BAM, concept, as well as the national, uh, regional, and global strategic alliance of, of people and BAM initiatives. He's also an author. He's an author of a BAM Global Movement, a book that we are going to introduce to you guys uh, later on today. Uh, he is the chairman of BAM Global, and he is organizing a BAM Global Congress next week, which we will be discussing throughout this webinar. So it gives me great um, honor to, uh, to welcome you, Matt, to a Heart for Iran webinar. Thank you for joining us all the way from Sweden. Thanks, Mike, and thanks, David. Good to be here. Well, um, I think it's only fitting for us to start asking you, the expert, what is BAM? If uh, our audience uh, is, is, is there saying, okay, business has mission, tell me more about it. How could this be a part of the Great Commission? How would you ple uh, please describe to our audience what BAM is? Good and relevant question. So when we talk about the BAM, we're actually referring to three different things. And let me unpack those three briefly. One, we're talking about BAM, the biblical concept. Two, we're talking about the BAM being put into praxis on how you shape and run your business. And three, BAM is today also a, a global uh, movement. So BAM, the concept. So we talk about business as mission in English. The, the point is not the term, but, that, uh, but the content. Now, we're not talking about business and mission. As you were saying, Mike, it's like business is over here and being having some kind of mission and purpose is over here. It's not the Ryan Kipling kind of thing, you know, east is east and west is west and never the twain shall meet or business is business and mission is mission and never the twain shall meet. No, <clears throat> business is a mission. We are on a mission. We're talking about real business and real mission. Nor are we talking about business for mission. So doing business as mission is not some kind of fundraising strategy. No, the, the little word in the middle there, as, is, is key to understand what the concept is. It's business as a mission, business as a ministry in its own right. God calls, equips, and deploys people to do business. 
So what is then that concept? Now we said what it more what it isn't, but um, it is basically taking our Sunday talk into a Monday walk. Whatever we profess in church on Sunday, we want to take into a praxis on Monday in our businesses. So we want to shape and reshape our businesses because it's an ongoing process. You never arrive. We shape and reshape our businesses in all its aspects. So it reflects kingdom values, biblical themes and narratives. We can talk about business as justice, business as loving your neighbor, business as great commission. So we're, we're then taking these biblical narratives, not just a Bible verse or two, because, you know, I can do all things through a Bible verse taken out of context. No, <laughs> so we want to do look at the bigger picture stuff, the biblical themes and values and narratives, and we put that into practice in our business in such a way that it um, we, we talk about uh, so it serves people and honors God. So we talk about that BAM businesses shall serve people, people like Jesus came to serve people. And when we talk about people, that's what we're dealing with in business. We're loving our neighbor, love God and love your neighbor. Who are my neighbor in business? Well, it is my clients, my customers, my staff, my suppliers, my competitors, the tax authorities, the communities, the river that runs through town. And those are all things that are related to people that we want to serve. BAM businesses should serve people. And they should align with God's purposes. Again, we're taking the kingdom values and we're trying then to shape that. It's not a cookie cutter approach because that's going to vary from country to country, from industry to industry, from business to business. But we align our businesses, practices with God's purposes. And thirdly, we want to be good stewards of the planet. Hmm. And fourthly, and make a profit. Because if we don't make a profit, we go bust and then we can't serve people. So business as mission is looking at these four words that all starts with the letter P. We serve people, we align with God's purposes, we are good stewards of the planet, and we make a profit. But there's a fifth P among all peoples. We business as mission is putting business in this great commission thrust where we connect business, not just something I do in my Jerusalem, but also in my Judea, Samaria, to the yeah. ends of the earth. So that is the BAM, the concept. And the practice, if I may just add that, then, you know, well, today, um, there are literally thousands and thousands of small and medium-sized businesses in Indonesia, in China, in India, in Kenya, in Brazil, in Turkey, in Russia, and you name it, that have taken this concept and put it into practice. Uh, and we can talk more about what does that look like. And it's even in the book we're going to look at later. And then thirdly, BAM is also a movement. Today, 
being on, on this webinar with Heart for Iran indicates, yes, these are not just a business owner here and there that's doing it. It's actually four major constituencies around the world that are involved in business as mission. One, of course, everything related to business. Business people, owners, operators, investors, coaches, mentors, accelerators, incubators, you name it. All that kind of business thing is key in BAM. But there's also a lot of churches from Korea to Brazil, denominations, local churches, everywhere in between are adopting this and talking about this. Then Heart for Iran being an example of a, sort of an umbrella for hundreds of organizations working together. Yes, today there are uh, lots of mission organizations, NGOs, nonprofit, 51C3s around the globe that are saying, uh, we want to be a part of this uh, as well. And fourthly, academia. There are a lot of business schools, universities, a lot of PhDs, lots of master theses around the globe teaching business as mission. So it is a concept, a practice, and a global movement. Wow. Mats, you really uh, unpacked quite a bit right there for us. And I think one of the things we'll get into, um, really, there are a lot of misconceptions around this idea. And probably in our opening remarks, uh, both Mike and myself probably made a, a lot of mistakes that you'll have to correct us on later uh, to fix. So, I mean, there are so many questions I have, but I want to point out, first of all, you know, you have, of course, given us our quotable quote for the day, which is the Sunday talk becomes your Monday walk. So that's a good, nice uh, quote we can put out there on social media for everybody to look at. And that's, you know, boiling it down to the most simple uh, way. But there, there's a lot of questions that came up to me while you were just talking. And honestly, I know you're expert on this. What are some of the uh, theological underpinnings for this? You know, how, how has this been around? Has this been around for a long time? Is it new? Could you just briefly touch on some of those things? Sure. I had a question written, but I want to keep us in this for a second. What are the, what's the theological basis for this? And also how long has it been around? And what, you know, can you brush us up on some of the history for this? Sure. Well, this is good. Yeah. So where, where does BAM start? In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. God is the original entrepreneur. And he created us in his image, which means we are created also to be creative, to create good products and services in and through business, to become a blessing uh, to others. So business as mission is, is a new term. In English, we got about six, seven thousand other languages to we can play with. <laughs> so again, the term is not the point, but the content is, and it's it's deeply rooted in 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 scripture and in actually historical examples, and it starts with the creation mandate, sometimes called the cultural mandate, which is something that applies to all Christians, whether you're in business or not. We we have been given some gifts, all of us, and we are to be good stewards of that to create webinars or a good meal or good music or child rearing or a software program or a business or whatever it is. <clears throat> and, and, and that's what we do in business. We are creative in business. So being creative in, in business is not just an activity we do. It's actually a reflection of who God is and who we are created in his image. 
So doing business is both deeply divine and deeply human. So that's where it starts, the, the, that creation mandate. The second thing is, the second mandate is the great commandment mandate. Love God, love your neighbor. And again, that's what we are to do uh, as, as followers of Jesus, whatever we do. But then in business, we ask ourselves, who is my neighbor in business? And how can I love my neighbor, client, customers, staff, suppliers, competitors, as I do business in such a way that it honors God? And then the third mandate is then the Great Commission mandate. So I am creative in business. I love God and my neighbor in business. And then I want to make Christ known and God glorified among all peoples as I do it. And if you take these three mandates and think through it, you actually get the four bottom lines. So the three mandates and the four bottom lines, they intersect and overlap. So this is uh, <coughs> deeply biblical. We often missed it. And so what we are doing in the global BAM movement today, we're not making up a new concept. We're trying to verbalize the concept that has been there, there is there, has been there for a long time, and then ask what does it mean for us today around the globe? Uh, so this is very interesting because when David asked you, said, um, is it biblical? You said, let's go back to in the beginning, <laughs> meaning that it is biblical and it's rooted in scripture. Now, uh, I'm going to ask you a question that uh, there's no such a thing as a stupid question, but how can you make disciples through business? Do you buy them off? <laughs> do you do you pay them off? <laughs> because, I, I mean, this, this may sound stupid to some, but some people may think that the role of business is to spend money to in exert influence. Can you explain to us how you make disciples through business? Discipleship is about relationships. Um, sometimes we mistake discipleship by a book we study together in church on Wednesday evenings or whatever we do. And we can do that. That's not wrong. But at the end of the day, it is, you know, daily living, rubbing shoulders with people, with uh, colleagues, uh, with friends, with clients, with, with customers. And, and, and also, you know, look at, at Jesus and, and disciples. It, it was real life stuff as they were meeting people. Um, and that's when Jesus demonstrated what does it mean <laughs> to preach demonstrate and extend the kingdom of, of God. And looking at, at Jesus uh, and his, uh, what he, he did, uh, you know, he constantly and consistently, constantly and consistently met the needs of the people who came to him. He never, ever, not even once, told anyone, you have the wrong kind of need. You know, when people were hungry, he didn't say, well, I guess you're hungry, so this is a good time to fast, right? Nope. He said, well, we need to feed them. And he said, this is the kingdom of God being manifested. When he met the blind people, he didn't say, well, you know, it could have been worse. You know, you could have been both blind and deaf, but so cheer up. <laughs> no, he said, hey, he healed them. Eyes were open. And people came with 
questions related to taxes and economy. They came with grief and sorrows. They came with all kinds of, of social and physical issues. And Jesus constantly and consistently met those needs and said, this is the kingdom of God being demonstrated. And then you have Nicodemus, which is the exception. But pastors love Nicodemus because he has a spiritual question. How can I be born again? <laughs> oh, I know that one. I know that one. I know how to answer that one. <clears throat> and that was his real need. And Jesus met that question. But most people are not academics, intellectuals like Nicodemus. If you look at the country of Iran, Pakistan, Kenya, or Brazil, or China, or Sweden, people don't wake up in the morning asking, hmm, how can I be born again? Most people wake up and dealing with very mundane issues, which is related to often, I wish I had a job. I wish I had money to send my daughter to, to the hospital <laughs> or, or, or my niece is a drug addict. What am I going to do with all that kinds of stuff? So being a follower of Jesus is how do we meet those kinds of needs? And we do that also through business in those kinds of relationships, meet different kinds of needs. That's what we do. And by that, following the litmus test that Jesus gave us in Matthew 25, hey, what are the hallmarks of a disciple? Well, they meet the needs of the least, the lost, and the lowliest. And that's what we do also in a for-profit context called BAM Business. Wow. Mats, you are unpacking quite a bit for us. I really appreciate this. Um, and in your book, which we definitely want to talk about, your BAM Global Movement book, uh, you're giving us stories of people that have put this into practice. And so just kind of continuing on this theme, I wanted to ask you about community transformation. And right. do you have examples that you would like to share of uh, people that have gone in and they've gone missional and they've done business as missions and now they're seeing a transformed community. Yeah, <clears throat> the, the book has uh, 20 plus case studies. The, the, the subtitle of the book is Business as Mission Concepts and Stories. So it has about 20 plus chapters elaborating on the BAM concept. And then it has interspersed with case studies, 20 plus case studies of what does it look like in different businesses, different countries, different industries. Uh, so a couple of quick examples. Uh, a friend of mine running in, in Indonesia, uh, the, the largest Muslim country in, in the world, um, running a, a restaurant business, 100 plus employees, so significant restaurant business. Uh, he was a Christian, a churchgoer, but he never made the connection between Sunday and Monday. The Sunday talk and this Monday walk was disconnect. And, and he even told his employees, he was the Christian owner. All his employees were Muslim, young men and women. He even told them, it's like, you exist to work hard to make a big profit for me. That was his human resource management kind of concept. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't like him, and he actually didn't like them either because he saw them just as workers, money-making machine for him. But then he came to a, a, a program which had kind of a BAM-related induction program over a weekend, and he was convicted that I've done wrong. I have not connected Sunday and Monday. So the next week on, on Monday morning, he gathered all his staff 
And in these cultures, as some of you know, you know, the hierarchy is, is big and face-saving issues are big. You don't admit that you're wrong or anything like that. He gathered all his staff and said, I want to ask for your forgiveness. I have sinned against God and against you the way I've run my business. And they, they couldn't believe, what is this? What is, what's that Bible boss saying? <laughs> and he said, from now on, I want to reshape my business. So it serves God and it serves you and it serves customers. So he gradually started then to reshape his business according to BAM principles. And he and the sort of practical implications in terms of promotional programs. He started to come in every day, coach and mentor people and hug people. Literally, I've been there a number of times. Uh, he introduced pension schemes and health uh, care uh, insurances and, and that kind of stuff. And about a year later, about 60% of his staff came to his house in the, uh, on his birthday with a birthday cake singing happy birthday to him a year earlier they would have been ready to burn down his house literally because if you know anything about indonesia it's been a lot of tension between christians and muslims between the chinese business community and the, the indonesian community and so this doing business as mission became a community transformation among those 100 plus employees so in turn then fed maybe three three to five people each so 500 people were had their sort of lives impacted. And business as mission also became business as re reconciliation uh, between different uh, ethnic and, and religious uh, groups. So yes, this is not just a, a concept, it's actually transforming businesses and people's lives and communities today. Uh, for those of you guys who have joined us again, uh, we would like to say thank you for joining Heart for Iran webinar. Uh, we are joined today by Mas Tunhak. Um, uh, he's our uh, he's our speaker. He's our guest. Uh, he's a world-renowned uh, expert on um, business as mission, and uh, uh, we are glad to have him here today. And we're talking about the impact, uh, the mission impact of business uh, in 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 the through uh, God's eye and uh, uh, great commission. Now. Uh, Mats, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Uh, one of our uh, one of our audience members here wrote something very profound. He says, "God, God's first command to Adam was to work and keep." Right. Which supports uh, basically uh, your answer to the question that David asked. You know, again, we, folks, we're talking about the fact that in some cultures it's a taboo to talk about God's work and business at the same time because some cultures frown upon. Um, the, the, the idea of business uh, because uh, it could be a cultural taboo, um, but that's not the kingdom culture. That's not the, the biblical teaching. And what Moss is doing here is he's making an effort to, to create a, a global teaching on really not misunderstanding the role of uh, uh, business in mission, but to understand that business as mission is extremely effective in transforming cultures. Moss, I want to go ahead and pay, uh, take a look at the secular world history real fast when we take a look at the world history we realize that the jewish population was scattered all around the globe they were highly persecuted by different hosting countries yet they were among some of the most thriving successful enclaves of business in the, in those regions how would you draw a parallel between what they did and in having influence and exertion of influence in their region through business 
to business as mission? Yeah, let's. Um, that's a great question. Let's let's speak some Hebrew here, <laughs> um, because the the Jewish mindset is 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 not influenced by this uh, sort of Greek um, Gnostic dichotomy between sacred and and secular, <clears throat> and uh, there is a Hebrew word called avodah, avodah. And that is used interchangeably in, in the Hebrew Bible um, for work, worship, and service. Uh, so if, if you read, you know, what we as Christians would call the Old Testament, but they, they went to work in the field, in the garden, avodah, physical, manual, labor, working, value-add processes, you know, agricultural business, avodah. They went to worship God in the temple, worship God, avodah. Serve people, help people, serve God, avodah. So this was, you know, this was not different kinds of things. Oh, that's that's the, the thing I do on Sunday. This is what I do on Monday. No, it was the connect. It, it was an integrated, holistic life, avodah, work, worship, service. Those things are, are connected. And, and Jesus, you know, elucidates what you've done to the least and the lost you've done to me. There's the connection between serving God and, and serving people. Then there is a, another expression, uh, tikkun olam, tikkun olam, uh, which means repairing the world. It's another Jewish concept. <clears throat> and, and, and that is, when we look at the world, we see issues. We see problems, we see brokenness, we see poverty, we see unemployment, drug addiction. You see all these kinds of things. And Tikka Mulan is is recognizing here's the world as it is. But we are to repair the world, move the world as it ought to be which is tikkun which is what Jesus taught us to pray. May your kingdom come, may your will be done, may heaven meet earth from where it is to where it ought to be. And, and it's interesting also in, 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 in a, uh, when you look at the, the Jewish sort of tradition and script, sort of scriptures and the Talmud and all that, the highest form of helping poor people is by creating jobs and giving them jobs with dignity. And, and so what, and of course that's why they're also so successful. They're constantly looking at problem solving, how do we solve these things and recognizing the, the, the dignity there is in each and every person to handouts never give dignity jobs do mm, excellent. excellent and and that's what we're doing as business as mission creating jobs with dignity tikkun olam repairing the world wow that's great uh Mats, we definitely want to talk about iran because we're hard for iran how can this uh play out in iran but we do have a question from the audience i want to share it just to keep you where you are uh with this topic i'm going to read it as is says, Mats, what is your view on how secular businesses will thrive if they don't have Christian principles leading them and yet secular businesses are thriving, i.e. Amazon, et cetera? So kind of the practicality of this, 
what's the role and principles and the success of a business and, and all of that. Do you want to comment on that really quick? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good question. You know, business as mission has not emerged in, in a vacuum. If, if you look at the secular world, it's, it's also on a journey in the business world. It used to be, you know, looking at one bottom line, and that is making money for the owners, the shareholders. <clears throat> um, now, that is, is gradually changing um, to uh, multiple bottom lines and multiple stakeholders. And, uh, you know, there, in, there's been for a few decades now the talk about uh, corporate social responsibility, the, the triple bottom line, that businesses should think through how they have a positive impact financially, socially, and environmentally, and on different stakeholders, not just uh, the, the shareholders. Um, and uh, if, you're, if you're based in, in, in the U.S., you would know uh, Whole Foods, uh, for example, and, and the founder, uh, John Mackey. Well, now Amazon has bought Whole Foods. Talking about Amazon, by the way. <clears throat> but John Mackey, he, he, um, he, he wrote a book called Conscious Capitalism. Uh, and he, he wouldn't profess himself having had sort of a Christian outlook, but it's interesting that he talks about that businesses should create di eight different kinds of wealth. Um, you know, we can say bottom lines as well. And he talks, words, of course, about financial, social, and environmental. We also talk about cultural and intellectual and spiritual wealth. John Mackey talks about, hey, Businesses are not just money-making machines which provide salaries. They should create different kinds of wealth for different stakeholders, for different people, including uh, spiritual wealth. So, and that's, of course, also what we're talking about, BAM, but we'll recognize, well, God is the ultimate stakeholder. He's the ultimate owner of our businesses. And the, the spiritual impact you want to see is, of course, Christ being manifested. So uh, businesses uh, can, can have an impact, bad or good. <laughs> uh, so we're not talking about business in general. The mafia is doing business too. Human trafficking is also a big, very lucrative, profitable business, for example. So we're talking about business mission with a godly mission and, and purpose. So uh, there are all kinds of secular businesses that are good, that are doing good. And we're not saying we are better than them. We are just saying within business mission, how are we true to our belief, to our faith, to our calling. And so we're not just Christian doing social enterprise. We are recognizing that God is the ultimate owner. Um, so I don't know if that hopefully addressed the question a little bit. <laughs> no, excellent. Excellent. Let's... Um... Mike, you want to go ahead and ask the next question? Sure, sure. I, I want to focus now on Iran. So we are halfway through the program and people are sending us questions. We are live uh, also on social media and we thank the audience that have joined us. Um, Mats, business has mission model in Iran. I mean, is that a practical model? Uh, there's a lot of skepticism. I've got to tell you also that um, among a lot of Iranian Christian leaders, uh, ministry leaders, it may just very well be a very misunderstood concept. Iran happens to be the eighth most dangerous place to be a follower of Jesus. In Iran, you cannot practice 
Christianity as openly go to church and others. And then the 99.9% the Muslim population of Iran is discouraged from, um, you know, exploring Christianity. Bibles are illegal. So let me ask you a question. How do you envision, do you even think that business as mission would be successful model for Iran? And if so, how do you envision that to be? Very important question. And as you know, Mike, and you know that David as well, that has been you know, one of my passions for years. You know, how, how do we introduce this also to, to Iran? Um, now, uh, of course, BAM is not a model as much as it is uh, principles. Um, and when we talk about uh, business as mission and serving God in and through business, the starting point is, is here. Because mm. uh, business as mission is not a technique. It's not just putting a Bible on your desk and you sort of Christianized your business activities somehow or having a fish sign on, on the front door. And yes, I have a Christian uh, business. Um, no, it, it is... Uh, really a worldview and a lifestyle. And, and that's why it's so important to start with uh, digging into scriptures, learn what has been done throughout history and throughout the world today by Christians in business. So we, we get this avoda thinking, work, worship, service, a integrated whole, the, the package. Um, we understand the three biblical mandates that we all have. Um, so it's not just doing business with a touch of churchianity. Hmm. It's not doing business with a touch of churchianity, having some church-like activities. It is recognizing, no, business is my calling. Business is my ministry. And so we need to then as Christians, whether we are pastors and teachers, uh, teach the whole thing about theology work, theology business, the three mandates. And so this is a challenge to some of the ministries that are related to Heart for Iran. Hey, you need to affirm business people in their calling. You need to equip them in the calling. You have to deploy them uh, to service. And, and that's where it, it needs to start. So people have that kind of affirmation. Um, and, and then the we need to see that um, we come to serve. Um, you know, it's easy to get angry with what some regimes are doing <laughs> to their own people and so forth. And we, wonder, you know, we, we get our fist up, but bam, it's not the fist up. It's the, how can I serve? Mm. How can I serve. And we know from other countries, which are similar to Iran in terms of a, Muslim background, Christians are being persecuted. There's a lot of corruption that it, that it works. So let me tell you one quick story just to illustrate. Is this real or must? Yeah, sure. That works maybe in Indonesia and Norway, but forget about Iran. Well, there's a country, also very sizable Muslim country um, in Asia, uh, quite corrupt, uh, and Christians are as persecuted there as, as they are in, in Iran, basically. Um, but there is a construction company there who's been trying actually for decades. They're not new. They have a track record of decades of, of applying the Sunday talk to, into a Monday walk in their construction business. Oh. Now, uh, and you think, well, does that matter? How do you do that? 
Well, a few years ago, there was a big earthquake in that country. And it, everything shook, and we've had you know, a number of earthquakes in Iran too, and Sidobam, for example. Um, and uh, in this particular country, basically the whole, uh, whole many square miles were just turned into rubble. It's just stones. One building was left standing, only one. And that was the hospital. That was built by this construction company that applied BAM principle. Why was that standing while all the other buildings turned to ruin? Because they didn't cheat on cement, they didn't cheat on building codes, because they were doing business for God and for people. So, and everybody in that neighborhood, in that town, know that, oh, that hospital is needed now more than ever. That hospital were built by Christians. And when God or, you know, when, when, the, no, sorry, when the earth shook, it became a testimony that to what, you know, what it means to do business wow. as mission for, for, for God. And so we don't necessarily see, you know, it's quick results. This, this is not, BAM is not instant coffee. We stir in a little BAM into our business. No, it's, it's thinking long-term because we're looking at, we want to serve the peoples of Iran. We want to see transformation. It's industrial, creative people. And how can the nation be rebuilt, restored? Well, it cannot be that totally. We cannot see holistic transformation of Iran if we don't include business in our thinking. And I can give you more examples also from other similar countries where it actually is doable. Easy? Nope. Doable? Yes. Wow. Mats, you were doing a really great job of diving deep on this. And I know you're helping a lot of people. I've just felt that throughout. I know the people watching this, they're, they're getting this message and it's really helping them. So I appreciate that. And just for all of you that are posting questions, we're getting a ton of questions on this. And uh, we know there's going to be opportunity to get more resources later. We can't cover everything in this one webinar, but we're going to do our best to get to some of these. I read in the comments, uh, someone make up the mentioned the word, take up your cross. And then I have a uh, comment here where a person is asking, you know, why does the church say that, um, you know, a missionary or missions is referring to people who go overseas and they forget everything. And that's, uh, what they do. I know you have something that you've written called the Wealth Creation Manifesto. Um, I want to get into the tension of that a little bit. You know, the idea of like taking up your cross and suffering versus building wealth and, and creating in business. How do you balance the tension in that? And does that come up quite a bit as a, as a sticking point for people when they look at business as missions that would maybe say, oh, I can't get into that because God wants me to be poor? Yeah, good, good question. Um, yeah, the, the Wealth Creation Manifesto, which is available in 17 languages, including uh, Farsi, um, we'll get you the links later here. Um, it's, it's a summary of a global consultation we did on the role of wealth creation uh, for the holistic transformation of people and societies. So, uh, 
in that global consultation, we did uh, seven reports. We did a, an educational video series, which is also available and free to use for anyone. Uh, and then we summarized everything in, in a one page called the Wealth Creation Manifesto. And uh, we were thinking both, you know, biblical questions and very practical questions. And practical is, you know, look at history and around the globe. If you compare, for example, North Korea and South Korea, the same geographical footprint, same culture, same language, same history. Why is one dirt poor and one one of the richest countries in the world? Mm. Uh, same if you look at historically West Germany and East Germany, same geographical footprint, same culture, same language. One was prosperous, one was like a, a colossus on, on clay feet and it crumbled. Well, it had to do, how do you view wealth and how do you view creation of wealth and different kinds of wealth and what is the role of business? So. When we talk about wealth creation, it's not just a conceptual academic discussion. It has huge implications even on nations. And, and we can see Venezuela or, or Zimbabwe today as basket cases, whereas Zimbabwe used to be the breadbasket of Southern Africa is now the basket case of Southern Africa. And, and the reason is, how did they view wealth creation and wealth creators, especially in and through business? And... The Bible talks about wealth in, in three ways. Uh, one is uh, uh, hoarding. It's mine. It's for me. I'm, I want to get rich. And the Bible says, no good, no good. Then the Bible also talks about wealth sharing. Give, share, be generous, commend it. Absolutely good. But there is never, ever any wealth to be shared unless it has been created. And that is the third aspect of, of wealth. Now, the Bible even talks about uh, that wealth creation. God said that, well, creating different kinds of wealth is a godly gift. And when the people of Israel were to enter into to the to the promised land after walking in the desert for 40 years, God told them, seize the business opportunities in this land. And the Bible talks specifically about uh, business opportunities in mining and agricultural businesses. And God says, seize those opportunities. And then different kinds of wealth will be created. Social wealth, financial wealth, cultural wealth, and so forth. But then God says, you may say, Hey, look at us. We're very, very good. We created all this wealth. And then God says, no, 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 no. I gave you the gift to create wealth. And then God goes on to talk about this gift of wealth creation is to be put in the context of the covenant, which is between God and people, which means God is the head of this wealth creation. We're accountable to him. That's what we talk about in business as mission. And secondly, that covenant is also, you will be blessed and you will be able to create different kinds of wealth. So that will be a blessing to all the nations, including the nation of Iran. Right. So, uh, the to, and businesses are, and we know that from history, we know that from 
the globe are strong agents to create different kinds of wealth, just like John McEwhorf would said. But we need to think then, well, how do we do that? And how do we do that in such a way that it honors God and, and serves people? So wealth creation is a little bit of sensitive because people get all, oh, wealth, is that, is that um, prosperity teaching? No. Uh, so you know, there are two extremes, and that is the poverty is good. No, poverty is usually a curse. Ask the people who are uh, suffering being dirt poor. And are we talking about making some people filthy rich? No, we're talking about how do we, as followers of Jesus, also in and through business, create different kinds of wealth that there will be flourishing. And, and, and there is a, a, a botanic garden in Singapore, and it has a special section of called the orchid garden. Orchids are beautiful. Now, there are 30,000 kinds of orchids. Wow. Who needs 30,000 kinds of orchids? Nobody. But this is who God is, who can't help himself. He just creates and creates and it flourishes and it's a wealth of colors and beauty. God doesn't have that scarcity mentality. 30,000 orchids. And this is what we're talking about. We want God is a God of flourishing and he wants the nation of Iran to flourish. And that's what we are dealing with also in the Wealth Creation Manifesto. This is powerful. This is great. Uh, there is no way we could go ahead and, and even even capture the essence of and importance of BAM business as mission in the one hour that we have. We have left. Uh, we have had. We only have ten minutes left, uh, and um, very quick. We wanted to uh, have people connect with you. Now you uh, we, we heard at the beginning of the session that you are putting together a uh, an event called BAM Global Congress. Um, that is an event where people can dive in more, learn more about. Can you tell our audience more about it, Hot, what it is? Uh, and please keep your answer uh, brief, if you don't mind, because we don't have that much time. But what is it? What is it? What is it? And how can people sign up and learn more about Hot? BAM Global Congress is a global event. It's the ultimate one-stop shop if you want to learn about BAM and connect with. BAMers and the BAM initiatives on all uh, continents. And it is online starting next week, 28, 29, 30 April, bamcongress.org, bamcongress.org. Uh, and there will be about 100 speakers from all continents. Uh, so, uh, and so you're, you're here how this is working in different contexts, industries, and on, all, uh, and on all, all continents. And there will also be breakout rooms where you can meet and connect because our three uh, themes are to celebrate what God is doing, connect with others uh, in the global BAM movement, and create new initiatives, maybe also for Iran, bamcongress.org. Oh, that's excellent. So everyone, we're going to put the link to that in the uh, chat, and then we'll also add a graphic with that later when we archive this. But um, the registration is online for that, and it's also a virtual conference, so you can attend virtually next week. So people can register today and be a part of that. Is that correct, Moss? That's correct. Yeah, absolutely. So 
Uh, as we start to wrap this up, I also want to give people more ways they can get connected with you. I know you have multiple websites that you're contributing to. Um, what's the best way for people to, to get connected? And what are these websites that people should be going to to explore and find out more about business as mission? Yeah, let me mention uh, three websites. Um, Mike referred to that I, I am the chairman of, of BAM Global, and we've created, um, we're also a think tank. So we've engaged over 500 people from 50 different nations in, in conversations about BAM, what it is biblically, conceptually, strategically, globally, missiologically, and all that kind of jazz. Um, there's also BAM in Iran port uh, included in that one. And those reports and the manifesto, the Wealth Creation Manifesto and the Business as Mission Manifesto, and other things, including information about the Congress, you can find on bamglobal.org, bamglobal.org. Then uh, there's a website, businessasmission.com, businessasmission.com. Uh, it's the biggest uh, resource library in the world uh, online where you find articles, papers, videos, uh, bibliographies, resource directories, uh, um, also uh, tips for different conferences and, and, and BAM initiatives around the world, businessasmission.com. Uh, lastly, if you want to connect with uh, me and, and some of, of my writings and, and videos, um, matstunahag.com, matstunahag.com. That also has a tab uh, saying BAM material in 21 languages. So uh, my, my stuff is in, in 21 languages and some of the stuff is also in, in Farsi. Um, so for people who have joined us, we just want to, um, on behalf of Heart for Iran, we wanted to thank you, Mats. Uh, folks, we wanted to share with you that Heart for Iran is, is a partner of Business as Mission. And we are very excited to see uh, this biblical principle um, be even more understood. So you may say, who is this for? If you're a church leader, if you are a business owner, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're an investor, you want to invest in in uh, in, in different countries or other things. Uh, if you have a heart for great commission, <laughs> we learned today. We said we work, we worship, and we serve. That is a principle. That is a biblical principle. And that work component of it is very, very complex. Uh, we encourage you to join um, uh, BAM Congress next week. It is happening next week. Go to their website, sign up with them. Uh, Mats, how can we pray for you in the last minute or so that, uh, two that we have left? How can we pray for you? Uh, wisdom, please pray for wisdom. It, it's exciting to be a part of this uh, exponentially growing BAM movement um, and uh, there's not a shortage of needs and of opportunities but i want god's wisdom so i i choose to do what he wants me to do so i can serve him and the movement hey amen that's great Mats. so i just want to say you know thank you again Mats, for coming on and being with us it's been fantastic uh, to have you we really appreciate it and uh, just for the audience, one more time, we've shared his, the websites that we want to recommend you to go to. This BAM 
global conference is next happening next week. If you have the ability, you want to register for that, that's going to be a great event and opportunity. Um, I know Mike is going to be attending uh, online. He's already registered for that. And then the last thing we really haven't talked about a lot, but I just want to recommend this book to you one more time. I mean, I do have a copy of it here, uh, BAM Global Movement. Go get this book online. You want to find this resource. It's got a lot of stories packed in here of real life examples of this. I feel like this is one of the uh, seminars or one of the webinars that we've done, Mots, that can really be practical for any person, you know, from the theology of work, you know, how do I honor Christ in my day-to-day job, all the way to how do we impact nations through business? I mean, this can really touch anybody at all levels. And so I really want to thank you again for coming and being a part of this. Um, You took us deep and you really helped us out a lot. So with just a few minutes left to go, I just want to give you one last opportunity to share anything that's on your heart for our audience anyway uh, they can reach out to you and be a blessing to this movement themselves yeah if god has called you to business rejoice in that calling then that is your highest calling briefly in 2002 we did a three-day seminar in tanzania east africa Uh, with 50 African men and women business owners. Um, And we talked about BAM, the concept and practical applications. And after the three days, as we ended, uh, a business owner, a guy who's been running a medium-sized business for 13 years, he said, Mats, I always felt that God called me to business. But I was always told, no, 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 that's wrong. That's not really spiritual. You should be a pastor or a missionary. But Mats, after these three days, I know that I'm, I'm not wrong. But if I'm still wrong, at least I'm not the only one. <laughs> now, it is not wrong, and you are not the only one. If God has called you to business or to be in some kind of link with business, know that God has called you. God will equip you. And God will also connect you. And we've given some connection points today. The world needs you. Because why, bam? God wants it. The world needs it. And you are called to it. So join us in the BAM movement, especially for the country of Iran. Wow, that's great. Mike, you want to give us any last thoughts? No, we're just totally blessed to be able to expand our horizon and our and our biblical understanding of God's work. Uh, that's exactly what it is, folks. Uh, these seminars, these webinars are, are intended to help us see God's uh, work in a, in a bigger way. And today, it's been a true honor and pleasure to have you with us, uh, Mots. We bless you. We pray that next week the Congress would go really well, and we pray that more churches, more leaders, more business people would come and understand and support what you are doing so tirelessly for God's kingdom. Thank you again for your partnership. Uh, Back to you, David, if you would like to wrap it up. Amen. Well, thank you again, everybody, for being a part of this. This has been our monthly webinar, Heart for Iran, this time 
focused in on business as mission. As Mike mentioned, next time we're going to be with Todd Nettleton from Voice of the Martyrs. You're not going to want to miss that. He's just released a new book with stories all over the world of people um, that have gone through persecution and what that has done to impact him and to impact their life. So you're not going to want to miss that one. But uh, thanks again for being here. Don't forget, you can share this uh, Facebook video uh, with your friends. Also, we're going to have this on the podcast platform and YouTube as well. If you want to go back and watch this later, please be sure to reach out to Mots. He's given us a wealth of information. I know Mike and I have enjoyed our friendship with him over the years. Uh, just a really great guy. And if I ever have any questions, the business's mission, he's the first person that I want to call uh, to get clarity and feedback. So please reach out to him, use him as a resource. He's a great brother and we're really honored to have him. Once again, Mots, thanks for being with us and to our audience, thank you so much for joining us. We're looking forward to being with you again next month. And in the meantime, please reach out to us at info at heartforiran.com. There's any way we can help you get connected with this amazing work of God that's happening in Iran. Uh, we wanna do that for you. So please reach out to us with any question at all. God bless you. We hope you have a really uh, great rest of your week and we'll see you again soon.